This is KMKR 99.9 FM, Tucson, Arizona. Is this on? Is anybody listening? Is anybody there? Is something stuck between my teeth? Did I think to comb my hair? How come there's crickets in this place? Outside's where they belong. I can't believe this silence. Like the dark before the dawn. <laughs> I'd give for any sign of life. I'd settle for a yawn. <sighs> really makes me wonder. Is, is this, this on? on? Is this Oh, it is on, Dave. Thank you very much. Welcome, everyone, to Is This On? ITO. And, you know, hey, before we get lost in conversation here, Dave, let's note that this Friday, we love to talk about our ITO friends, or as we call them, FOIDOs. The um, good friend of ours, Ernie Salaya, who runs the very fine open mic at Spark Project on Friday evenings, 7 p.m. is showtime, 6.30 for mic sign-up. That's at Spark Project, 4349 East Broadway. And, you know, it's with a lot of emotion uh, that I have to say that this is going to be the final show. Uh, Ernie is moving on to other projects, but I really want to encourage, I know Dave and I are attending, uh, all of our Tucson comedy community to get out and say thank you to Ernie Salaya for having run a wonderful mic. I absolutely loved the Spark Collective, you sometimes hear it called, uh, open mic. You got a lot of time. You had the great encouragement of Ernie, who's a great guy. Come on out, see a great show, be a part of the show, and wish Ernie well. Uh, that's uh, what I have to say, Dave. Uh, what are your thoughts? And keep in mind, uh, I know you and I are certainly planning, and I hope others are too, to just bust Ernie's chops the whole time we're there. I mean, I, I, I look at it as... I think it's, it's an order. I think it's an Ernie roast, actually. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage people to come out. Yeah. Loaded, I think loaded for Ernie. So that's this Friday, Dave, uh, 7 p.m., a little earlier, 6.30, if you're a comic planning to sign up to be on that show. And uh, you can meet Dave and I there. Well, that's worth the price of admission right there. And I'll tell you something, Dave. One thing Ernie does as a host, and, you know, not everybody is, is, is up on things like Ernie is, he always gives us a nice plug for ITO. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ernie, Ernie, I would say, like, well, Ernie would admit this. You know, Ernie, he, he, he's, not, he's not that smooth of a host because he's, he's just so... He's just so regular. He's talking to you like you're just chatting. So mm -hmm. it doesn't always come out as smooth. But as far as hosts go, I don't know of any that plugs or pumps up people the way that Ernie does. Because he always gives you, everybody, a good introduction, says something about them, shows like positive energy towards them. And that's one of the reasons that's such a good club or venue. because Absolutely. Because Ernie's just like, we're here, we're friends, we're, you know. Nothing to get worked up about here. Let's just go on because, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I've, I've, as we've talked, um, you know, Spark is like one of the only places I go and perform anymore just because it's comfortable there. You know? Yeah, I like that uh, open mic. I, I, uh, it's a monthly uh, show, the uh, Friday night at Unscrewed Live. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm butchering the title a little bit, but it's Friday nights at Unscrewed and it's live. 
So it would Friday, be a good title. Unscrewed After Dark, I think. Is, I think uh, you got yeah, it there, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Unscrewed After Dark. Although, uh, you know, getting on July and June, it's not <laughs> going to be dark. Uh, with that side. Well, well, but it's a great show. Another show that gives you, I think, about eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. It varies, but yeah, they will. And uh, just on another note, and I won't go too deeply into it, but we had a great pleasure of hanging out with Chris Seidman a little bit today. Great friend of the show, the one of the first food. guests yeah. on ITO mm -hmm. to tell us all about the great shows they do at uh, Unscrewed, uh, the musical From the Top, mm -hmm. uh, so many great shows, uh, and, and lots of stuff for families and kids yep. as well. And also, uh, one of the great things about Unscrewed is that they are, it's also a school. They That's teach right. improv, and I've taken an improv class there. And, I, I, and you had a very good experience. Fantastic, there. yeah. I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah, excellent. So, so it's good. Yeah, so, good to see Chris. shout out to a couple of our favorite mics, and please come on out and give Ernie a big high five on Friday uh, at Spark. You know, Dave, another thing we like to talk about are the upcoming festivals yeah. uh, that deadlines are coming up on. And like Carnival down in Brazil. And blah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Not a comedy festival. Oh, oh but, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Worth, worth going let to, me, I would Let me think. take my fruit bowl hat off. And yeah. <laughs> and get, your, get lucky with a bottle of rum down there, Dave. <laughs> the Asheville Comedy Festival. Asheville. Is coming up that with deadline that, of that, May 15th. So you got to really get moving. Tennessee, Asheville? Uh, I can answer that in just a second. I might be North Carolina. I think you're right. It is North Carolina. Okay. When is that happening? That is uh, actually happening August 10th and 12th, but the deadline to submit is May 15th. Oh, okay. Because, you know, i got family out that way. That might be something I might, uh, oh. might go and embarrass myself at. There you go. Uh, also, Dave, uh, this one's a, a popular one, the Burbank Comedy Festival. Oh, sure. And that has a June 1st deadline. The show dates are August 13th to the 19th. Huh. Is, that at, uh, is that at uh, Flappers in Burbank? I believe it is held at Flappers, Dave. And uh, that's about the deadlines for May hmm. uh, for festivals. Now, that you know I've, never, uh, I've never entered a festival. I've never oh. been to a festival. So when you say the deadline, what do you, what do you need to send? How do you, how do you apply? Yeah, they're all going to have a website with a submission page. But typically, uh, there's a form you need to fill out, and you've got to give all of your listings, you know, like your Twitter mm -hmm. handle, you know, your Facebook page, all of that stuff. Uh, maybe a paragraph about yourself, but key is a five-minute video sample reel. No, not a sample reel. Five minutes of you doing comedy uninterrupted. So, you know, you want to have a, hopefully a, a start and a finish to it. I don't think they're too keen on like you taking the best Take, five, minutes five minutes out of it, yeah. Uh -huh. So it should have an, uh, an open and a close. So okay. And now, uh, when they ask for your uh, social uh, media addresses and things, is that to help promote you when you're performing with the show, or do they go and look at them and see if you've done anything that might be embarrassing? If they your your, your Instagram has you marching around in a Nazi uniform, is that what they're asking for those for, or is it uh, merely just uh, information? Number one, I see you've been to my website, Dave. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know you, what is the key? Baby, you really can goose. You know what is the you key? You can goose step. That's for sure. The key to the Nazi uniform, Dave, <laughs> tailoring. <laughs> you want those shoulders flat. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I've never been 
associated with the festival on the judging side. Uh -huh. So I couldn't tell you what they're looking at. Yeah. But generally, they ask for those Facebook addresses and yeah. tweets, addresses, Twitter addresses, to uh, put you in the program. Right. That's what I figured. But then I thought, these days, people are so touchy. They might go and say, look, this guy, was he, you know, <coughs> I think getting you romantic with a farm animal or something. I think you hear of that more like in job interviews and things. Yeah. I've heard of that many times, yeah. you know, where... They saw something on your Facebook. Because comics are expected to be irresponsible and make bad choices. Yeah, I don't know about... It's part of the job. I think it's a lower bar day than <laughs> comedy. I'm usually at a bar. <laughs> anyway, so so that's it. So that's what, yeah. that's what you do. And you pay your money and you do all that stuff and like that. So. Yeah, and you got to write a little bio about yeah. yourself. And now, uh, if you were to enter one of those and you pay your entry fee, does everybody get to go? Or do they watch your routine and they come back and they say... Yeah, you're not really going to fit here. Don't come. They usually say that. That's what they say to you. It does not. That's always what they say to me. <laughs> Though I have been in a few festivals. I know you have. Uh, and I, I've always had a gas. I, uh, the World Series <laughs> of Comedy a few times. Mm -hmm. And I must say, it's a real treat when, when you get selected because they treat you like a real comic. Oh, you know, there's a real green room. You know, they're, uh, they're checking on you. You know, they're... they're there's there's a lot of uh, you know do's and don'ts. Uh, and it's Gotta really get you fun. a bottle of water, Mr. Gordon. Yeah, kind of thing. there wow. you go. Speaking Big. of which, I'm going to have a, a sip All of this right. beautiful. That's yeah, good water. Zero craft yeah, water. We, we, we thank whoever left that in the fridge. Um. That's right. And uh, so, Dave, to tell you that about festivals, I always like the. I don't know if it's completely objective because, as I said, I've not been involved in the voting part. But I get the sense that it's objective and yeah. that, you know, there's a bunch of qualified comics that are looking at your tapes. And I can tell you in the World Series of Comedy, because they'll share this with you, they have a very sophisticated grid on which they're evaluating your set as they watch oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Things okay. like eye contact, uh... Uh, are you pausing when there's a laugh, you know, that sort of thing. Timing, are you rapport with the are audience. You, are uh, you doing uh, callbacks? Uh -huh. All of those sorts of things are, are being evaluated. Uh, everything from how you're holding the mic to how you put it back in a stand. Hmm. It's, it's pretty intense. And originality and all of that is uh, certainly, uh, you know, Extremely being, high, being funny higher is, than how you hold the mic. Yeah, being funny is But there, so. uh, it is it is rather intense. And uh, those are the festivals uh, that are coming up. Uh, no uh, festival here in Tucson. No, that's the dream. Which is a surprise. Well, you know, Linda Ray, who we've mentioned many times. You know, she that was right, her, that, that was her Tucson that weekly. was her dream about a couple of years ago when she the, the, the alliance started up. Um, and then she just basically felt things hadn't moved along enough to uh, to have that. I mean, you if you're going to have a festival here, you've got to bring a big star back to kind of be the the the, the, the tent pole and to and to make sure you, you know, people understand like really good comedy is coming out of Tucson. I mean, you know, like bigger than Robert Mack. I mean, it would be like if Shandling were alive. <laughs> That would make it, or, or maybe Craig Gass, if they could get Craig Gass to come and be like the, you know, the titular head of a, uh, 
a festival, that would be that would be helpful. But it's it's tough. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, if you had a festival, you certainly get a lot of people from Phoenix coming, a lot of comics from Phoenix, and you know, maybe. Why don't we do I that? Think, Why don't we do that next year? So I festival. think there's enough venues here. I don't think that yeah, would be the yeah, problem. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's tough to pull off. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I would certainly be interested. Yeah, uh, I would love to see it happen. Yeah. But if Linda Ray couldn't make it happen, it may not be yeah, able to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, may not be able to, to make it. Well, Dave, what an eventful oh. uh, week it's been. No kidding. Uh, Prince Harry attended his father Charles II's coronation without his wife Meghan, Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the Duchess of Sussex or their children, <laughs> uh, Prince Archie or uh, Princess Lilibet. Uh, he had no formal role during the ceremony and did not appear on the Buckingham Palace balcony. Talk about Prince Harry. Are you talking about Prince Harry? Prince Harry. Okay. Right. Yes. He's going to be here soon, right? Well, we've been able to snare <laughs> an interview with him. As you know, he's right. been here before. Okay. He's coming through Tucson, Dave. We, we <coughs> let him share the details. But I believe he's here for the grand opening of the Raising Cane's Chicken. On Valencia. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, he's doing a lot of that kind of promotional work these days. Uh, it was an April day when Buckingham Palace announced uh, that Harry, who was fifth in line for the throne, would attend the coronation while Meghan would remain in California mm -hmm. with their children. Yeah, I see. Uh, and I don't know if you knew this. We can ask Harry when he gets here. But it happened to coincide with uh, young Archie's birthday. Oh, so okay. I know he was in a rush to get back sure. to celebrate the birthday. Yeah, they had to get out to Chuck E. Cheese. Sure. Uh, Harry's brother, Prince William, who was first in line for the throne. I know that's a sore spot. Yeah, uh, with that's those why two. They had a key called, role. His book's called Despair. That's right. Yeah. That's right. After their father was crowned king, William kissed his father and pledged his loyalty to him. William's nine-year-old son, Prince George, was also involved uh, in the uh, ceremony. Uh, and uh, he served as the page of honor for King Charles, and Camilla's grandsons served as three of her pages of honor. Well, Camilla's, with that said, Camilla's grandsons, they're, what, they're in their 60s, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Mm. Uh, they tend to live a long time, though, the royal family. Did. <laughs> well, <laughs> but living in a bubble like that, I guess so, yeah. Despite uh, the inbreeding. We think Harry's here? Uh, you think Harry that was his here, train Dave. earlier? Are you going to get the door here for him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, you know, he does not open his own door. I, I know that, yes, yes, yes. Hello. Prince your, Harry. Your Highness, please enter here. Yes. There you go. Come uh, on in, Your Highness. I'm going to go get some more water. I think, so. uh, I'll take off. We've got a crate here for you to sit on, <laughs> the royal crate. <laughs> if we may, hello. You're very humorous, Mr. Gordon, but I shall not be sitting on a crate tonight. <laughs> I sent, your you. I sent your partner off to uh, to park the carriage. Oh, thank you it's very much. You and me. Uh, that's a good job for Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. Prince Harry, let's, yes. uh, you know, we, we read a little account. It's of, delightful uh, to be here, by the way. But we are, it is delightful it's to be here. It's always nice to see here, cactus. Sir. May I say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed your book. Oh, you did? Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yes, you were I'll, here last time promoting the I'll book. I'll have to read it sometime. Yes. <laughs> and uh, well, let's just get right to it. Why, why did you decide to attend your father's That's, coronation? Well, actually, <clears throat> uh, Father the King uh, had me a bit over a barrel there. You see, he said I had to attend the coronation or he would not allow me the use of Bentley. Ah, I see. 
And you have the Bentley here in the United States? Oh, no, no, no. Well, Bentley's a valet. Uh, oh. I was having a dickens of a time getting my shoelaces even. I tried valets, dressers, you know, chargé d'affaires, amanuenses. Nobody has the fingers of Bentley, so he's lending me Bentley in exchange for coming to the coronation. My shoes will soon be tip-top. I see. I, I mistakenly thought it was a car. <laughs> I see, no. Uh, and do you, you know, uh, Prince Harry, do you yes. miss being a part of the royal occasions, the christening battles, the ceremonies and things like that, leaders. the royal yeah. ceremonies. Do you? You know, Phil, I don't really because my ceremonial schedule is so jam-packed as it is. As you can see, I bought my leather and velvet case that contains the royal scissors. Ah! And I shall be uh, visiting Portsmouth, Ohio, cutting the ribbon on a brand new jimbery. I see. The jimbery that I'll be cutting. And then I'm moving on. There is, there's, no, there's no rest for me. No rest for the weary. You, you look like I you're will very be, busy. I will be traveling on to Muncie, Indiana at the uh, John Deere showroom, cutting the ribbon on a brand new delivery of a new tractor. Oh. A tractor. It's some sort of agricultural vehicle. Oh, that sounds uh, exciting. A tractor. I have to cut that ribbon. Keeps you close and to the to the land. I'm, I'm, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of the people. Yes. And the royal scissors have been used for many ceremonial occasions over the years. I understand, it, uh, Prince it, Harry, it, if the price is right, that you'll do a circumcision. Really? I was going to mention that we do. it was used for the circumcision of my brother, oh. actually. And I have to tell you, there was a bit of a, a slip of the clippers. Oh, and, no. And uh, my, my brother, I have to say, as you Americans might say, is a, he's a gherkin <laughs> down below. It's all gherkin. Uh, but the, I, in the, the sibling rivalry, you know, I don't remember last time, but your brother called in. Yes, While you were here, he was a bit salty with me. Yes, uh, would you say that required an extremely small scissors? <laughs> Afterwards, uh, very small scissors could be used, but uh, at the time, uh, uh, the scissors actually go back to the time of Camelot, Philip. Where, I see. Uh, what, what, as what King Arthur was that? about to pull the sword from the stone, and his squire approached him with the royal scissors and say, "Maybe this would be easier." Ah. So that's what happened. But uh, the story was better with the with the with the sword. So that's the story, the sword and the stone. But it was actually uh, could have easily have been scissors and not such a big deal. Interesting. Um, yep. Yep. Can um, we uh, not to get you know too caught up in the gossip uh, end of things? Ask but, me anything. But you're a family man. I why am. Why didn't Megan, your wife, attend? And she very may, very she, much yeah. wanted to be there for the one of the most momentous occasions in. British and world history, but um, it was pilot season. Ah! So she had things to do. <laughs> well, we, we all, many of us know her as an actress. Do you think Megan will be returning to acting? Uh, well, I'm quite sure she will because uh, we, we, we don't have quite the income we had a little while ago. I don't know if you, I if, know if you knew about that, but we're not quite as in with the in crowd as we used to be, as you might say. So she'll be working all right. She'll be popping up on, you know, Real Housewives of Buckingham Palace and things like that. I so, see. Yeah. I will look forward to that. Uh, did you uh, have any interaction with your brother, Prince William, at the coronation? William and I, you know, we're brothers and we're royals, and we take the coronation uh, seriously, uh, solemnly. But being brothers, I noticed in some of the photos he did give me bunny ears. <laughs> and uh, oh, brothers will be—they they will do that. Yes, that's right. And then I, uh, I when he wasn't paying attention, painted a Hitler mustache mm -hmm. on his uh, <laughs> face. Uh, took showed up in some of the photos. And mm -hmm. was, uh, it was confusing because I had my regular Hitler mustache on at the time. So 
if you were confused by that. That would be the royal Hitler mustache. <laughs> yes. Right. Did you? Uh, would you mind? Uh, last time you were so gracious, you oh. took a few calls from listeners. Oh, I would uh, love to talk would you to you. Right, uh, I'm a man of the common people, Philip. No question. Is that uh, what you call them, common people? Yes. Sir. Yes. Right. Yes. And how ironic, uh, you know, the former uh, Prince Philip. That's right, yes. So are you royal, Mr. Gordon? No, no, I wouldn't pretend, but perhaps in the choice of my name. Right. No doubt a tribute uh, to the prince. To, I hope so. Well, let's, uh, this year, tune to Is This On? Our guest is, is Prince Harry. Is this on? Yes. You have to ask every Thank time. Thank you, yes. I don't we, quite, I don't we quite understand We may want you to ID, uh, <laughs> Prince Harry. Oh. Uh, we're line one is uh, up, and let's go ahead. Go ahead, caller. Hello. <laughs> it's a countryman, I'd sense it. Yes, countryman. It's your darn brother. Oh, hello. You know, were you at the corner nation? Were, you, were your ears burning just a few minutes ago? I had field glasses, Harry, and I could see about 400 rows back, but I couldn't see you. <laughs> were you there? I was, uh, I was backstage tending to some emergency things that needed to be done. And, uh, I heard you were sitting back with the uh, retarded cousin area. <laughs> There's no escaping you, is there, brother? No. Yeah. I did hear that you were invited to a lunch. I wasn't. I was invited to a lunch by uh, by Prince Andrew, actually. Uh, but when I arrived there, the age of the waitresses alarmed me, and I moved on. I see. <laughs> I'm sure Andy had a good time, but I thought this was not the picture I, I was going across the ocean to my ah, wife. Ah, yes, indeed. I was listening uh, to the show, a jolly good show, Phil and Dave. I <laughs> uh, was listening to the show. And uh, by the way, I think I'm going to apply to the festival, where is it, in Iowa? Uh, in uh, Dunlap, I'll be. Dunlap. Should we, do, should we do our double acts? I can tell funny <laughs> stories about Harry. <laughs> Could we do our double? Yes. I was wondering, by the way, uh, I did not see, even in the field glasses, past the 400th row, I did not see Megan, your wife. Uh, Megan had a very important business to take care of in, in uh, California. In Hollywood? California. Is she right, still yeah. doing the, what did she do, the Alpo commercials? Uh, she did that, yes. And she was, well, she was busy getting her, uh, her catalytic converter tested. You know, it was that time every two years in California. Uh, she's getting her car smog checked and important things. She would have loved to have been there, loved to have been there, but... Uh, and did I hear, dear brother, that you're opening a chicken restaurant? <laughs> is, that, is that... Could that be it's a, a, it's a, it's a It's a customary thing to do in the States. I don't have too much to do with it, aside from reaping the profits. But yes, we've got... Uh, uh, yes, we've got... Um, uh, Prince Harry's Royal Chicken, and it's yeah. selling well. It's delicious. Is that uh, regular and extra crispy? It's r regular and extra crispy, that's correct, yes. Wow. Yeah. You know, quite a deal here today, dear brother, at the <laughs> palace. Everyone's up in arms. And we seem to be missing the royal scissors. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I signed the requisition sheet. I've actually got them. I'm on my way to Muncie. I'm going to Portsmouth, Ohio. Yeah. Maybe stop off at Lima if I have time. I'm told if uh, a prince uh, wants to declassify, scissors, <laughs> all he has to say is these are declassified. I, I'm actually sorry, uh, surprised you brought up the scissors, considering the experience you had with them when you were but a, a wee infant and uh, lost a bit of your uh, yes. legacy down there. Well, the truth hurts. Yeah, <laughs> the truth hurts. It certainly did that day. So does your snippy. You're <laughs> quite a bit snippy today, I notice. Well, I must run. 
tea and crumpets over here, you know, the bit of a time difference. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, dear Dave and Phil, jolly good show. Uh, I'll become, uh, be coming on soon. I'm working on a book uh, myself. Oh. I hope I can get a little time. It's uh, called The Truth About Everything in Prince Harry's Book. <laughs> Did you say you were leaving, brother? The door's right there. I'd I love am to. Leaving. Charlie Ho, uh, enjoy your. Yes, because I know how to make a gracious exit. Yes, please do. What we are wondering is will you ever make a gracious entrance, <laughs> dear brother? Cha ta ta ta. All right, Prince Ugh, William. Brothers. Ugh. Wow. Well, uh, he was. I must say, uh, I'm beaming. You're quite complimentary of the show. Well, that's. Uh, he's quite full of himself, and, uh, you know. His, his, Harry, his, what's next his insincerity only goes so far, you know. What is next for you, Prince Harry? Well, you know, I'd, I'd uh, because I'm a man of the people. I've, I've often thought, what about you know when, when you folks came over here, founded the colonies. What did you do? You, you worked the land, farmers, salted the earth, really feeling the soil between your fingers. And I would like to. Um, uh, fly over any country like that. <laughs> I see. I see. I, think, I, think I thought for a moment I might become a farmer, but then I thought it sounds like you're getting a lot of dirt under your fingernails and right. Perhaps well, worse places. Of course, at the time, I think they had the slaves <laughs> for that. The slave. Now, that, see, that was a, that was a brilliant idea, but I don't know. They they seemed to sour on it at some point. Yes, and yeah. your father quite vocal about yeah. uh, mm -hmm. yeah. the history of slavery in, in, in the British uh, yeah. Empire. Do you support that? Slavery? Oh, very much so. Yes, yes. I, I wouldn't be where I am without it. I see. I see. <laughs> well, that is uh, delightful, uh, Prince Harry. Uh, may we ask how uh, how have sales been on the book? Uh, criticism of the book? What do you think? Uh, disappointing. A bit disappointing. Um, we sold a lot. We thought we were starting to roll. We saw sold a large number of volumes uh, to the. Um, Wobbly Coffee Table Society. Ah. And before you realize what that their name was very accurate, that's what they were. They had I see. wobbly Little tables wobbly. and they bought the, the, the. But we understand some of those books ended up being read uh, by people lying on the floor next to a coffee table. Sure, yeah. sure. Do you feel you got your story out, your side of the story? <laughs> Philip, there are so many different facets to me that you got one story of my life, but there's there's so much more. The time I. I uh, rocket cycled over the Snake River in Utah. I didn't mm -hmm. include that. I didn't have room. Wait a minute now. What, Dave, wasn't that what Joe Biden was going to do? <laughs> just That's where he got the idea. Jump the Snake That's uh, exactly river. right, yes. yes. And uh, I did that, and I did a few, uh, a few other things uh, that I didn't get to include in the book. I was far too busy you know, cl climbing Mount Everest I see. Uh, with Megan on my back. It was not wow. Yeah, well, you know. Well, she doesn't look like so, she'd be that heavy. She doesn't weigh a whole lot. No, yeah. she doesn't. Uh, she's she, she, she's lighter than she seems. <laughs> that is absolutely as good. I tried the children to, are as well. As I tried uh, to explain to my relatives, uh, how she, was, she's uh, lighter than she seems. How was the birthday party? Did you make it back to California? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I came party? up. Oh, I, was, I, I, I dressed myself as, uh, as uh, Haro the Clown, and I was very entertaining. I uh, squirted uh, flour, my water out of my flour, and I, uh, I was on stilts, and I had a handkerchief that went on forever, and it took forever to get through airport security. I can imagine, yeah. It really did. They hate those handkerchiefs. No, it takes forever, yeah. They do. 
Well, Prince Harry, it's been a delight. Oh, is it time to say toodaloo? Yes, it is time uh, okay. for the toodaloo. Your carriage is pulling up. Uh, I hear it. Uh, thank Dave for that. I'll give him a little tip. It has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gordon. It's It's been nice to be here. Yes, make sure it's not the uh, same tip uh, that you took from Prince William. <laughs> I know not. With the royal that's, scissors. That's going nowhere. I'm hanging on. <laughs> All right, thank you, Phil, and uh, we'll see you again. And, uh, ta-ta. And uh, happy uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever If I may say, right, ta-ta to right. you. I'll let them out, Phil. Excellent. Harriet sold, greased up, and ready to go. And you, uh, Very good. Dave, uh, as we... Welcome you back to the studio. Uh, a lovely visit with Prince Harry. You attended to the carriage He's a for fun him. guy. Thank you very much for that, Dave. That's right. And uh, we those, wanted to... I'll tell you, uh, the, the royal carriage? The royal carriage. If those horses could talk, Phil, I... Uh, they've seen, what do, what thi- they've, you, they've seen things. I'm what do you think they would say? say. Uh, they've seen things, that's all I'm going to say. I see. How interesting. Oh. Uh, Dave... As my, we look at... Phil, my, uh, my phone is dying here, so... Okay. For the next 19... What do we lose? Well, for the next 19 minutes, I don't exist. I for, see. For the outside world. You're the only one who can vouch for my existence for the next 19 minutes, Phil. Well, as we often do, Dave... You're with not the, vouching. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, you definitely... Uh, I'm alive. You definitely exist. Uh, the uh, regular feature that we've had lately, and I get a lot of good comments on it from our listeners, is we talk about uh, different shows we're watching, articles we've read, books we've read. When we have a a comic guest, we often put it to them and ask what what you're reading, what you're watching. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about uh, a show I started watching, Dave, uh, called The Dark Side of Comedy. Mm -hmm. This is a... uh, documentary that explores the dark stories of addiction, suicide, and self-destruction that sometimes lurk behind the laughter. I often think of uh, the great Robin Williams, yeah. you know, when I think of sure. this subject. Sure. And I don't, I don't think he's been uh, a topic yet uh, on the series, but yeah. let me run through some of the uh, episodes. I, I would say, just before you get started there, that, you know, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you would hear people say, Oh, isn't it strange that someone so funny was going through so much pain and was so sad? But, I mean, I think we've all learned by now that it's quite the opposite. When you find the the, the, the well-rounded uh, comic, the healthy comic, that's the rarity when you find somebody that's that's perfectly fine. But, uh, that's right. I often think that when I see Jerry Seinfeld, yeah, who seems one. like, you know, the most well-adjusted yeah. guy living next door to you in the suburbs. Yeah. And a very reasonable. I think of, uh, Jim, I think a, of Jim Gaffigan that way too. Uh, being Jim Gaffigan who, presents yeah. that uh, absolutely. Uh, but we know of troubled lives of many uh, comics. Uh, one would be uh, where they started, Dave. Season one, episode one, Chris Farley. Mm. Uh, that's followed by uh, this show I watched from start to finish, Andrew Dice Clay. Mm. So, just to point out. Uh, not everyone has ended in a suicide. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay still around and still performing. Well, and, and Dice, I don't think it was particularly known for like having a troubled or dark side. His material was very uh, abrasive and, and uh, provocative, but I don't think that he, and you know, Dave, he's, he's probably think, fairly well balanced, actually. I think uh, Andrew Dice Clay would check off every box on that woke list <laughs> that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> to get thrown out of I don't the think place. he'd be, be allowed near that show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Roseanne Barr, 
another uh, uh-huh. certainly one who is bipolar. Nuts, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, and that had affected her career. Here's one we, we sort of watched live on the Howard Stern show, Artie Lang. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah is yeah. a subject. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I was going to mention in the uh, Andrew Dice Clay episode, which I watched and, and thoroughly enjoyed, I'm a big fan. Uh, I always, I've always been taken by comedians who do a character and stay in character. And I always thought it was a brilliant character and the performance was brilliant. Uh, They showed some rare footage. They've really done some research on the... My name is Cy Barlow. You're listening to Is This On? On KMKO. Hello, fans, friends, listeners, and mm, podcast pundits. It's your old friend Art Fern here to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't like that? There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on... vaccine. I was in the hospital. I had it and I got better. And now they say I'm immune, whether it's four months or a lifetime. Nobody's been able to say that. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. I would make sure we move in the direction of rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe. He says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. It's his ineptitude that caused the virus, caused the country to have to shut down in large part. We have the best testing in the world by far. That's why we have so many cases. You know, someday you're going to have to explain why did you get three and a half. I never got any money from Russia. I don't get money from Russia. The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot, China's paying you a lot, and your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. I get treated worse than the Tea Party got treated because I have a lot of people in there. Deep down in the IRS, they treat me horribly. Just show us. Stop playing around. You've been saying for four years you're going to release your taxes. His buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. And what's he do? He embraces guys like the thugs like in North Korea and, and, uh, and the Chinese president and Putin and others. And he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends, all of our allies. I just gave $28 billion to our farmers. Taxpayers' China, money. It's what? Taxpayers' money. No, no, yeah, China. you know who the taxpayer is? It's called China. 
vaccinate Obamacare, come up with a brand new beautiful health care. The Democrats will do it because there'll be tremendous pressure on them. And we might even have the House by that time. And I think we're going to win the House. OK, you'll see. But I think we're going to win the House. Oh, he's never come up with a plan. I guess we're going to get the pre-existing condition plan the same time we get the infrastructure plan. And the Biden care proposal will, in fact, provide for that affordable health care, lower premiums. What we're going to do is going to cost some money. It's going to cost over $750 billion over 10 years to do it. And they're going to have lower premiums. You can buy into the better plans, the cheaper plans, lower your premiums, deal with unexpected billing and have your drug prices drop significantly. In the president, I think health care is not a privilege. It's a right. Everyone should have the right to have affordable health care. These 500 plus kids came with parents. They separated them at the border to make it a disincentive to come to begin with. This is the first president in the history of the United States of America that's anybody seeking asylum has to do it in another country. That's never happened before in America. We have to send ICE out and Border Patrol out to find them. We would say, come back in two years, three years, we're going to give you a court case. They never come back. Only the really, I hate to say this, but those with the lowest IQ. The fact of the matter is, there is institutional racism in America. And we have always said, we've never lived up to it, that we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal. Well, guess what? We have never, ever lived up to it, but we've always constantly been moving the needle further and further to inclusion. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this, but you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama. I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark, but I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. To the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. You won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas. Excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do right. to solar and wind. Success is going to bring us together. I represent all of you, whether you voted for me or against me. Hey, NBC News viewers, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. If you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself, I'm saying people that are famous, people that are you stars, were asked in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways, okay? And you would like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, we have a lot of here's what you Mr. Want President. To Let's a get rich to the and famous person tonight. has no advantage over anyone else. Well, you do have an advantage. And I say unfortunately, but that's the way it is. You said fortunately or unfortunately. Well, fortunately or unfortunately for her. My name is Elliot Glicksman, and you're listening to... Is this on? Oh, that's the name. You're listening to Is This On? On KMKR. These episodes, mm -hmm. and they're talking to people who knew these comics. Mm -hmm. One of the people that's th on throughout the uh, show, by the way, it's narrated by Dave Foley, and he's oh. also the producer, a, a fine comic kids, kids himself. In mm -hmm. Kids in the uh, hall. In the hall. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and he's done many other things as well, right? Yeah, oh, the yeah. Television uh, series, uh, wasn't he in the news uh, radio? News radio. Mm -hmm. A uh, very funny guy. 
and he's the host of it, and he sets a very serious tone. They also uncover some very interesting footage. There was very early footage of Dice as a comic before you can see before he formed that character. <laughs> With like a suit on and a No, no, he was trying he came out as Elvis in one. Uh-huh. You know, there's always the the trying to come out of the character. Right. And uh I, I found it charming. I, I, I find him very funny. I used to see Dice. Uh, I, I was just in the right place at the right time because I lived in Hollywood uh, and, and West Hollywood in in the early 80s. And I, w- I literally could was equidistant from the improv or the comedy store. I could walk to either one. And we used to frequently go up and, and see that. And then all everybody was breaking in then. Dice was breaking in. Kinnison, uh, Seinfeld. Um, Letterman. Uh, Arsenio yeah. at, at that time. Letterman didn't show up at, at the um, at the comedy store at that time. I see. But uh, you would see uh, Mike Binder. That's where I saw. Yeah, him. Mike Binder is who I was about yeah. to mention. Uh, he's in that documentary, and obviously knew Dice yeah. from this Bob, time. Bob Saget was part. there. It was every, yeah. all all those guys that became big comics. And Dice would come out and and he would just absolutely slay the place. And he would come out and it might be easily three minutes before he said a word. He'd come out, the place would roar, he'd take his stance, he'd light up a cigarette, he'd smoke that. And he had that unique way and, of And then it would calm down and then he would say something vulgar and everybody would go again. It and in the would, form of a nursery rhyme. Usually, usually yeah, yeah, something like that. Dave, uh, sadly, uh, this uh, dark side of comedy does not limit itself just to male comics. Uh, there was a very interesting uh, segment on someone I don't think about that often, Brett Butler. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yep. uh, who had a rough a rough time and yeah. is uh, kind of back in some ways. Uh, she has appeared on a lot of things lately in series and that, and she's a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's doing stand up anymore. No, uh, Freddie Prinze, yeah. Dave. Uh, now here's one I haven't watched yet. I'm anxious to Maria Bamford, mm. who is very very popular. Her specials are yeah, so popular, sure. and ironically, I mean in her. Special, she seems kind of like a light and cheery uh, attitude. Well, then that's, so I wonder what's that's going the tip on off here. right there. You're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, some of the comics that are on season one. I highly recommend taking a look at it anyway. And I think I give them a lot of credit to uh, It sounds Dave like Foley. they were quite thorough and they quite uh, Very thoughtful. thoughtful. Yeah. And they mean it from the heart. It's yeah. not uh, It's not sensational. Sensational, yeah, no. Okay. You no. know, Phil, uh, I um, just uh, to, to reflect on those things uh, when Farley and yeah, Farley, uh, you know, everybody know Chris Farley was hilarious. I mean, he's yeah. so, so funny. But I remember hearing about him having after SNL having binges and going off the wagon. And I remember, I, I remember, I was in a grocery store and I looked at some tabloid and there was a picture of Chris Farley. And I, my my immediate thought was, we don't have him much longer. Yeah, you just knew he just kept. Running down, getting in this lifestyle, and it was going to be bad. And it was and so, frankly, so sad to uh, know it was yeah, coming. You, know? you can take it back, yeah. and there were so many signals uh, shouting out John Belushi, and you know, it, it did seem like it was a crash waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. But we miss him. Um, and, then, and then, and uh, then, Artie. Uh, you know, I used to listen. This was a period of time when I listened to a lot of. Howard Stern when I lived in L.A. and Artie Lang. I mean, I gotta say this: it was fascinating because he was always very honest and open about beating heroin and things like that. And he seemed like he was doing great. In fact, it seemed like a great success story that he was doing so great at a regular job. But then it all fell apart, and he just 
got back on heroin, and you know, I think he's I think he's doing better now. I think he's okay, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was uh, uh, sad. I don't think people today. I don't. I'm quite sure uh, most people today, and certainly young people, don't uh, uh, comprehend uh, the um, the the uh, flash and excitement of Freddie Prince when he broke onto the scene. He was very very funny. He oh, was. Yeah one of the few first Hispanic comic, and he was very handsome. He was a very handsome guy. And then and, got the and, series. And quite charming. And yeah, you had the Chico, Chico, Chico and the Man. And uh, he was, um, you know, because younger people know Freddie Prince Jr., who now is probably 45, you know. Yeah. But uh, Freddie Prince, he was very, very funny, very likable. And yes, he was. It was, a, it was a true shame. And charming then, smile, and very yeah, engaging. Yeah. Um, and I remember, Brett Butler, I remember... Um, for a time, you, know, you ever have these things where it's like there's some TV show you may not be a particular fan of, but it just happens to be playing all the time, like somebody plays it at work all the time. I think it was something like I would be home for lunch and Brett Butler's show, Race Under Fire, I yes, think, she was would a- come on and I would watch it and, it. and I just didn't think it was a very good show. And it seemed like she was kind of like uh, shoehorned into it. You know, it was kind of, it wasn't the freewheeling I mean, I, was, I wasn't a huge fan of hers, but as a comic, she was more freewheeling and fun and all this, and this made her a little like, a little more moral. And even though they tried to make her seem a little white trashy, she was always kind of take the high road. And I didn't think yeah, it was a good fit. She in. had a southern accent, which I, was a little unique. And I and I think I think frankly, I think success I think success got to her. I think she just started yeah. making bad choices when she got rich. Right. And it happens, you know, it's too bad. But, but it does. Uh, but in America, if you uh, get successful and then it all falls apart, if you do your penance and. Tell the American people how much you suffered and how miserable you were. They'll embrace you again. <laughs> well, that, uh, that's very uh, prophetic, Dave, to uh, our next subject. You could say all of that. Oh, is there any water in there? A little bit. Okay. You're welcome to share that, Dave. Uh, you might say that about Donald Trump. Donald Trump. got Success got to his head? Maybe. Yeah. Well, actually, Maybe. Phil... Um, the question is, uh, I think he answered it, you know, unequivocally uh, the other day as to whether he was a star or not. Oh, he said, well, it seems he is. Uh, yeah, now, for a million years. Now, now uh, oh, whoops. <laughs> That's what I was saying, Phil. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying, Phil. Yeah, all right. That's what I was saying, Phil. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so, Phil, you, you uh, recently uh, conducted an interview, speaking to Mr. Trump, at a facility back east, which is preparing for his arrival? That's right, Dave. Uh, it is a uh, fascinating look at our penal system. Mm. And it's an ITO exclusive. Oh, Dave. boy. ITO investigates. Wow. Okay. You went to, and you uh, went let to us... The, uh, go ahead. We have a tape. Let's. Uh, can we roll that in the control room? Got it. Hold it. Phil Gordon here for ITO. I am standing outside a federal prison in Timonium, Maryland, with Warden Skip Pitlock. Thanks for having me today, Warden. Uh, You can call me Skip. Uh, Thanks for coming, Mr. Gordon. I I hope you'll stay a while. (laughs) That's an inside joke, get it? (laughs) Inside joke. Good one, good one. (laughs) Now, we're here uh, because we understand you're making arrangements for the possible incarceration of Donald Trump. That's right, Uh uh-huh. Now, although there are numerous investigations of Mr. Trump, he hasn't been convicted of anything. So there's a chance he'll never be locked up here. Oh, he'll be here. <laughs> you have a saying at the prison? Oh, he'll be here. <laughs> we have a saying at the prison, Mr. Gordon. Everybody's guilty of something. 
Gordon, are you related to Mad Dog Gordon? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, he was a rascal. Oh. You know, we ran 50,000 volts through him, and when the chair stopped shaking, he just chuckled and said, I know I had my last meal, but I sure could use a snack. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he was a funny guy. Shame we had to shoot him. Now, well, here we are standing in front of the prison cell. Is this the actual one you're preparing for Mr. Trump? Yes, it is. That's right. Oh, my God. The walls are splattered. Was there, was there some kind of violent assault in here? Oh, no, nothing like that. In getting it ready for Mr. Trump, we took the liberty of pre-ketchuping the walls. Ah, mm -hmm. I see, I see. Have you uh, made any other adjustments to the cell? Well, as you can see, the commode is brand new, made of all-purpose stainless mm. steel. Uh, we hear he plans on marketing Trump toilet wine. Ah, I've heard of wine being made in prison toilets. <laughs> is it any good? That's going to depend entirely on what he had for dinner. I see, I see. I know that inmates get a certain amount of yard time in order to keep uh, physically fit. Yeah, that's right. Now, Mr. Trump doesn't believe in exercise, so we've constructed a 10-degree ramp leading to his cell. That ought to get him sweating. <laughs> What about uh, conjugal visits? Oh, we've already had several folks signing up for them. Melania? Well, we ain't heard from Mrs. Trump exactly yet, but we already have sign-ups from Ivanka, Matt Gates, and Lindsey Graham to ask if he can spend the weekend. Mm. We always hear stories about uh, prison assaults, sexual attacks. Is that something Mr. Trump should be concerned about? I actually spoke to Mr. Trump about that very thing. He told me if he ever gets cornered alone in a cell by an inmate who has romance on his mind, he plans to tell him, you're not my type. P.S. Mr. Gordon, they won't care. <laughs> Prison gangs are always an issue. Mm. Would uh, Mr. Trump be in danger? Well, the Aryan Brotherhood is the most savage, bloodthirsty, evil group of monsters and Cro-Magnons you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> and Trump would be a target of theirs? Oh, heck no, they're good friends. But then there's the Mexican Mafia. Ah, the Mexican Mafia. Are they tough? Well, they're Mexican. So, you know, they bring drugs, they bring crime, they're rapists. Mm -hmm. Some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> Not really. They're going to turn him into a piñata. <laughs> <laughs> wow, sounds scary. Will he be safe in this cell block? This cell block? Oh, for sure, he'll be fine here. We got this whole wing of the present set up with cells for Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, Boris Epstein, Mike Flynn, the pillow guy. <laughs> Thank Bar you for the tour, Warden. Uh, we'll be throwing it back Jim to the Jordan, studio now. Jim Jordan, Steve Bannon, Evan Corcoran, okay. Christina Baum, Thanks, Powell, Skip. Sean Hannity, Tucker We're Bob ready Hannity. to throw it back. And Tucker wow. Carlson, I'd imagine. <laughs> Great interview. Great interview, Phil. There we go. Got some interesting stuff there from well, you know, uh, Skip Pitlock. We, we've got the easy job, Dave. It's our ITO staff. That's they do the hard work. That is out there doing the legwork, making these arrangements, and we just follow up. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like quite a task to get that ready for someone the stature yeah, of yeah. Uh, Donald Trump. What were your thoughts, Dave, on the uh, latest uh, <clears throat> trial? My thoughts on the latest trial. Will it hurt Trump? What's that? Will it hurt Trump's presidential uh, chances? No, it won't hurt it because people who uh, are supporters of him, they don't care if he rapes somebody. <laughs> he said it himself, they don't care if he kills somebody. Um, so it won't make any difference. I, 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 I think, and we talked about this in hope that uh, he can't win the general election, that he just has his solid, hardcore supporters who will never budge, but it's hard to imagine anybody that's not uh, already drunk the Kool-Aid will move over to him. Yep. Think, you know. 
and I, and, and uh, I, I would be it would be a, a story for the for for history if anybody uh, else other than him got the nomination. They would how would it happen? I can't even imagine how it would happen. You know. Well, we're about to find out. Uh, of course, uh, Ron DeSantis has not even officially entered the race, though we know that the Florida legislative session ended today, I think. So uh, that's when he said he would make his decision. But, you know, I heard something interesting the other day, Dave, that there's some question about Florida law as to whether he would have to resign the governorship oh, right. mm -hmm. to run for president, mm -hmm. and that might be a deal-breaker for him. He'd have to resign to run, not just if he won and took office. He could yeah. not run. I think him. he cannot I, run. It, it is my feeling, and it's been my feeling for a couple of weeks, that he will announce he's not running because he is so far down, and he has no... He has no... He has no he has no charisma. He's not going to take the place by storm. It's not like they're waiting for him to announce so everybody can rush to his side. He just he, he, he had a small window there. Yeah, where, he, yeah, where, he cannot he cannot win. And he would until be, we got to know him a little bit. Yeah, he would be wise to walk away because well, he cannot win. Well, we had him here uh, talking to us as well uh, when he released his book. Yeah. We seem to get the uh, the authors. The authors come through here, yeah. Yeah, yeah they come yeah, through here. Yeah. So anyway, I, I didn't realize how late we were, Phil. We're almost done here. We are wow. almost done. It's been a great uh, edition of Is This On? We remind everybody, Dave, that Is This On is a uh, brainchild of the Tucson Comedy Alliance. We're very happy to represent the Tucson community. We like to keep everybody informed on what's going on with open mics, the various talent that yeah, passes we've, through we've here. We've made it our kind of mission to touch on all areas of comedy, whether they're local, national, international, and whether it's stand-up or yeah. improv or impressions or musical comedy or whatever it is, sitcoms. Political comedy. Everything it is. Everything. We stay with it. Everything you'd want to know about That's comedy right. right here in this room. And anything <laughs> you'd possibly want to do as a hobby, you can do at zerocraft.org. Right, yeah. Check out their website. All of the wonderful activities that go on here, metalwork and jewelry making and 3D laser printing. It is quite the place, Dave, and we are and, happy to be part of KMKR. you can get a Twinkie for a dollar. Wow. One Twinkie or the... You get the package, and you can also get... You get the ball and package. Or you can get the, cup, the Hostess Cupcakes, which were always my favorite with the Hostess Cupcakes, um, for a buck. And they also have chips down there, so you can be nibbling while you're uh, coding and uh, doing your thing. Can you recreate a Twinkie on a 3D printer? <laughs> Although not for a buck. Probably. Oh, man, if you could. <laughs> yeah. This is the actual Hostess product. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because I thought that that factory had gone south. The Twinkie the factory? factory? Well, yeah. they had a, a silo full of them, you know. They, I see. They, or they, they recreated. They, they last 400 years, Phil. Is yeah, this like a hologram <laughs> of a Twinkie, Dave? This is a Twinkie made in 19, 1939. It's just as uh, delicious now uh, as well, it was Well, more to come because we are out of time. Right. For Dave Margolis, this <laughs> is Phil Gordon. You've been listening to Is This On on KMKR 99.9 .9 FM, Tucson, Arizona.